Let's sit. Let's learn. Let's evolve. Let's talk. No more whispering in our minds. Today is Let's Talk Black Excellence with your host, Dan Ray. Welcome to Let's Talk. Before I begin, I'd like to stop to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we broadcast from here in the west end of Brisbane. Also pay my respects to elders past and present. And welcome to our Friday edition of Let's Talk Black Excellence for another week. It is deadly to have your company. Our guest today is one of uh, Queensland's most renowned Indigenous singer-songwriters with a career spanning 40 years, including countless major festivals, international tours and much more. His contribution to the arts is highly significant and enduring. As a writer of renowned songs such as Yilau and Uncle Willie, he remains an active recording and performing artist sharing his Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture through music. Today is an absolute honour to welcome to the studio uh, one of the most powerful and important voices in First Nations music, Uncle Joe Geyer. Welcome to the program. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tuning in. As we always do, Uncle. Can we start with your mob, your country, where you come from? Well, um, let's take my mother's side first. Um, She was a Kukumijir woman, but she was taken away from Hopevale when she was about eight or seven or like something like that and shifted to Palm Island. Her and her um, smaller sister and her little brother. Mm. And, um, yeah, they probably um, uh, looked at as half-caste children because... um, our um, well, my grandmother was um, uh, s- said to be uh, Chinese, mm. you know, Malay Malay Chinese. Wow. So um, you know, um, that's where uh, our connection to Aki mm. Vernon and mm. yeah, 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 yeah. He was a already Aki, and um, anyway, um, those three um. Ended up on Palm Island um, and, you know, put in the dormitory and old, old uncle, um, uh, being a young child at the time, about three, um, he was probably looked after in the boys' home. And my father's side, uh, he was born on Palm, Palm Island, so he always called himself, you know, Palm Island Bulgaman person. But uh, our grandfather came from uh, Moa Island, mm. up in the Torres Strait. Yeah. That's our, that's our um, TI side. And um, our granddad Genemi uh, uh, was taken to Palm Island in a war mm. because, uh, you know, he had uh, knowledge of the of the reef and the channels of the reef. Um, the uh, American... Uh, 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 Navy, they they used him uh, in that area because on Wallaby Point at Palm Island, that used to be a, a American naval base. There used to be American naval base there for that wartime, anyway. Mm. And um, you know stories of the old people. They say about um, five uh, planes would leave Palm Island to fly up to New Guinea. In the war, and there were those floating planes, but um, uh, the American battleships they were were carrying all the all the planes. They would um, uh, come as far as they can because of the reef. Um, 
they used to get all, all granddad to stand on the forehead of the ship and uh, at high tide, uh, when the tide was coming in, they would um, get him to sort of direct the ships, you wow. know, turn off all lights and radio and things like that and drift in with the tide and get as close to Wallaby Point as they could. And, uh, yeah. That's so interesting. When the, when the war was over, they sort of offered him a trip trip back home. They said, you know, get him here. Um, you want to lift back home, you know? And he said, no, I've, I found a girlfriend here. So <laughs> that was my grandmother, Granny Lizzie. Oh, yeah. that's deadly. What a story. Yeah. Uh, did you, you, was your family musical? How did you, you know, gravitate towards and, and you know, find that love of, of music and performing? Um, I think I, I, I think it comes from the from the uh, island side, uh, you know, because, um, you know, uh, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm sure I nev- never ever met my grandfather. Uh, but, um, you know, there was a lot of the, that island, Torres Strait Islands, singing and, mm. and and there was a lot of songs coming from Moa Island. Uh, they were like a, Recognised as Western Island. We're Western Island people. We there's Eastern Island and Western Island, and um, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of songs uh, um, were sort of written from that, all that family uh, thing. So they were pretty musical. Um, my father, um, uh, he was a uh, Bit of a musician uh, when he was when he was small and living on Palm Island and mm. un, under the Mission Act, you know, uh, he would stand beside the um, organist of um, uh, at the church, and uh, he would turn the pages of 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 the the hymn book so um, the organist can play the hymns and. Uh, just by watching her hand and and looking at the music of the notes, uh, uh, the notes of the of the hymn, uh, he was able to catch on. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, as he grew older, um, he uh, you know got a music group together where he would play sort of guitar and um, his brothers and. My uncles and and all the nieces and nephews and sisters would would do hula for the tourists. Mm. <laughs> you know, tourists used to come and they used to play all these hula music. Where they and that was that was uh, the entertainment of that time on Palm Island Island dance, corroboree, and you know contemporary music. And I suppose as you got older. Um, they, they ended up putting a Palm Island brass band together where he ended up playing, you know, um, uh, big, the big brass bass. And then as the years went by, he ended up sort of uh, getting into conducting mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then, you know, like uh, there was a, it's the Kyles too. That's from my grandmother's side. They were mu- musicians too. Mm. Music went through that family. 
were all grinned at L.B. Kyle. He, he was a he was a conductor too, and and he loved um, you know when when he come over home, we're gonna sit down and listen to Beethoven and mm. and all that stuff, you know. So he was it was his flavor of music. Yeah. 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 Where did the uh, where did the reggae sounds come from? Is that an island vibe, or you know, was anyone was anyone else doing that at the time? I know you know Bart Willoughby a little bit later on, but you know, um, where did that that reggae uh, type sound you know originate from? For um, you, we we, um, we sort of enjoyed listening to you know Bob Marley and Toots and the Maytels. You know, I'm, I'm talking about. Just seeing myself at high school then, and um, we used to like Peter Tosh, and um, you know uh, there was another band called Third World, and and you know like um, 4K1G Tamer, they, they would play all these reggae thing because you know there was an Aboriginal Islander community there in Townsville, mm-hmm. and a lot of them the island families loved reggae, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like um, you know, one love and yeah. you know, three little birds mm. and, and you know, um, and we sort of got that got that flavour of um, of um, skanking our guitar. Then you know, we, we learned to skank mm. and a uh, lot of the, a lot of the reggae tunes on its chords. You go from sort of that country and western feel, yep. and then. Um, you can start skanking, you know. <laughs> and did it did it catch on with the mob pretty quickly when you when you started doing the you know that reggae sound? Yeah, oh, it was really well loved, you know. Um, I reckon, um, um, you know, listening to Bob Marley and them yeah. and, and dreadlocks, then you know, yeah, the beards. And yeah. The, yeah, do you see yourself a, a reggae artist at that that time? Yeah, I, I think. Um, I, I would, you know, because I started playing, I, I had a good friend of mine um, that used to live here in in Turinga, and um, his name was um, Keith Brady. I used to go around to his place with all my songs, and and because he was a Jamaican fellow, he, he would show me that how to skank and, you know, play reggae and, and work out sort of things in the, on the song. And uh, that was that was really good. Uh, so um, I got comfortable with with the playing a skank you know, and, mm-hmm. and strumming, you know, because I, like I used to strum a lot. And my my um, technique of playing guitar come come from playing ukulele. Started off with ukulele, and you know, um, I'm just only a rhythm player. I'm, I don't play lead guitar or anything like that, or like classical. Stuff like that, you know, like a Spanish yeah. playing <laughs> person. I I just strum the guitar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're just joining us, our guest is Uncle Joe Geyer here on Let's Talk uh, Black Excellence. Uncle, love to, um, you know, love to unpack how the the song Yalal came about. It featured uh, right up there in our uh, original 100, as it has the last uh, number of years, and. A song that still resonates today as as much as when you you brought it out, maybe more. Well, I was lingering around in Brisbane at that time, and um, you know we were very strong with our um, 
rights and and rallying and and things like that. And um, uh, I used to be involved in writing placards, painting placards, and you know, land rights now. Um, we have survived, or you know, um, and things like that. Um, and then, you know, there was like as it got close to um, the eighty-two games, then, um, oh, not only eighty-two games, but 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 earlier, because the, the we re- I realised um, that we were marching with with this flag, you know. And the colours were black, red, and this yellow circle. Uh, you know, at that time I inquired about it. They said, oh, once they told me the meaning of the of the colours, you know, to me that was like a like a song, you know. And um, I thought because I didn't have the knowledge of what the colours meant, I said people need to know this. And that's why I thought, okay, I'll write write a song and sing about them colours and what it mean. And then I was looking for like a chorus line, and that's when I asked one old uncle. Um, it just you know he was just sort of sitting beside me, charging up. I asked him, you know, hey uncle, um, what's what's that meaning for sing? In, a, in in our language, and because he was a Kukuyalangi man uh, from Kukuyalangi, and he, his language Kukuyalangi language. Uh, this is old uh, Uncle Donald Brady, and he said Yilal, and you know I just kept that word, and that's why it's a one-word chorus, you know. Just, and I just repeated Yilal, mm. Yilal, Yilal, Yilal. With those beautiful harmonies as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, once people heard it, um, other people would sort of. It's a sticky little tune, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it you know, it does stick in the brain. Yeah. And um, you know, people would um, join me and and sing a harmony in it, you know, in that uh, chorus line, and it just just grew, you know. Um. Yeah, as I said, it's a song that still resonates as, as powerful today, and I suppose, you know, um, with the whole debate around the flag and, um, you know, what's going on there, have um, have you seen all that unfold? I th- you know, like, I reckon a flag is as sticky as the melody because no matter what, what area we're from and what tribe we're from, when we... Um, create an organisation, we always use that colour, you know. It can be, um, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, uh, Jabokai or Yalanji or, you know, um, Kukuhimiji or Bulkerman. Uh, but um, when we when we create um, Bulkerman Housing Service or Bulkerman Radio or something like that, you know, um, we go for that colour to to make it an Aboriginal organisation, mm. you know. Yeah. We always go for that black, red and yellow. And um, that's the, no matter if there's 500 dialects and mm. so many different tribes, yeah. those colours unite every organisation and every tribe. Yeah. 
you know, that's that's the thing that unites us. Number one. Definitely. You were part of the uh, the black armband, uh, first uh, the first iteration, I suppose, of the black armband. What was um, what was that like coming together with all the different um, you know blackfellow creatives? An amazing an amazing time, I'm sure. That was that was very um, um, very um, pretentious. You know, there was a lot of potential in it. You know, um, just to see sort of things like countdown sort of coming to an end, and I thought I thought it could have been a a, a black you know MTV or black music show mm. you know um, uh, because um, there was there was artists from all over um, all over Australia and the, the very renowned ones were all sort of collected from for black armband and um, uh, yeah it was a it was a a great um, uh, little project when bringing all them together, you know, because um, well, first we, we we had Aboriginal radio across the country, and those radio stations were playing uh, our our original music and stuff like that. So people would hear the songs, and um, you know, you'd look around for those artists who sing those well-known songs, and they all came together in black armband. And uh, did a live performance tour uh, around Australia. Even went as far as uh, England mm. and New Zealand. You know, so um, you know, um, it was a real um, uh, good, good sort of thing there of, of us all coming together. You know, and. More, more of a voice sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, all these artists singing their songs, you know. Um, uh, from little things, big things grow. Kev Carmody was in Black Armband, you know. Um, Bart Willoughby was in uh, Black Armband. We have survived, you know. And we had uh, one of the singers from Yuta uh, Yindi, and we did Treaty. You know, so there was Archie Roach and Ruby was just live then. And, uh, they took the children away. And, um, you know, there's a lot about stolen generation. Um, and and I was singing Yilol. Uh, so, uh, you know, the issues of, of our struggle were st still in there, still in that thing. Mm. And then, um, you know, I, I suppose, you know, you have, um, uh, we had uh, ATSIC and, you know, John Howard abolished that in March in 2005. And because we had no voice, no, nothing from ATSIC, it was the artists and their songs uh, that, that continued, you know, mm -hmm. that, that was still there going, coming through, the radio speakers coming through, you know. And um, that sort of kept the First Nation sort of uh, issues alive. 
that's what I, I feel anyway, you know. Yeah. Because I'm I'm coming from that that area, yeah. you know, and that's the yeah. way I, I see it as a performer mm. and I sing a songwriter. Definitely. You're listening to Let's Talk on Triple A Murray Country. Uncle Joe Guy is with us on the couch today. We're uh, recording in Kiwi Corner, which is a lovely little spot here in the building while our new studio is under construction. But um, I want to talk about uh, a couple of your recent shows, in particular um, rash, uh, Rations to Wages to Treaty. Um, and, of course, you were a part of our, our concert last year, uh, late last year, Brisbane Blacks Live down here in, in West End. Um, yeah, you're still, you're still killing it up there on the stage, Uncle. Yeah, well, this new show, uh, Rations to Wages to Treaty, those three words that come from, like, they're three eras of the struggle, you know, like we come out from un- being under the act and we fought for to come out of that being given rations. So that was a struggle there. And then, you know, um, we started getting wages, um, but... Um, it wasn't, you know, that right wages, um, you know, because still we, we talk about, um, we have issues about stolen wages and then there's an old lady that, old Mark Tucker from Victoria wrote uh, Lousy Little, wrote this book called Lousy Little Sixpence. So, you know, there was wages there, but some didn't collect it, you know. I suppose, you know, when you think about banking, you know, if you keep that money in that bank, which was uh, the the wages of the Aboriginal workers at that time, that money that it would invest mm. and grow, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, we could have made uh, people rich, uh with them holding our wage and just letting that money invest in their bank, you know. And um, that's how money grows, I suppose, you know, when you look at how money grows. So wages, and then now we're talking about, before we were talking about treaty, you know. Um, well, you the India had that hit treaty, you know, and we all loved that uh, song, and they came out, you know, uh, very popular with the having dances and didgeridoo and you know old brother Mandaboy singing the uh, treaty and it became a a, a really well known song even throughout well, Australia for white and black people you know and um, you know certainly uh, um, you know, like I say, all those issues were still being sung about, you know, and and talking about, uh, spoke about, you know, um, even today, you know, like you know, you'll you'll hear some of our leadership, uh, our leaders who talk in the in the politics, they they uh, they would mention the titles of the song, you know, oh, we have survived, or you know. Um, we're going to get funding for this and the government will do this and then, you know, from little things, big things grow, you know. <laughs> but, you know, they're, you know, they're titles of songs. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, too funny. Um, we'll talk about the upcoming shows in a minute, but back to the end of last year, Brisbane Blacks Live, down here in 
in West End, you know, we blocked off the street there. We had the big stage, um, an incredible day, and it was deadly to see you out there with the band. Fantastic day, that one. And, uh, you know, um, uh, it was supposed to be in um, Musgrave Park. That's right. But, um, you know, it was great to, for, to uh, bring it to Boundary Street, and it was right there, you know, where those other businesses and and in the white community that sort of shop and live around there. Um, you know, um, musically we were we were entertaining that 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 area, you know, at that intersection. And I'm sure a um, lot of lot of the businesses would have loved it. Um, um, maybe one complaint or something, two complaining or something. <laughs> But it was a, it was a fa- fantastic um, presentation of um, of Aboriginal art and performance and and you know coming live uh, in Brisbane uh, and just um, for um, Brisbane people to see our our um, talent mm. and um, it, it's such a great show. Um, that's, you know, like with this rations to wages to treaty, um, in the show, I'm, I'm just telling the stories of my, of my song and songs and who I've written about and, you know, um, with footage, uh, on the screen, I try and sort of show who these, who Uncle Willie looked like, um, you know, and Uncle Willie actually wrote a book about living under the Act, and it was called Under the Act, protected by Willie Thide. And, um, you know, it's about his lifestyle, our lifestyle, that how he lived on Palm Island under the superintendent's um, uh, control and advice and, you know, boss uh, management. Mm. Um, so, you know... Um, there's a song called Fighting for Our Rights and that's being involved in, um, you know, the rallies and, and Brisbane was a hub. Brisbane was a real hub for um, uh, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island, the people. You know, Marbo spent his time down in Brisbane um, fighting for his case and... Um, People from Aracoon would come down to Brisbane because all the big departments were here, you know, Aboriginal Affairs and Aboriginal and Islanders Advancement, Department of Native Affairs, they, they were all here in Brisbane. And if you was a Queenslander, that's that's where your, your Minister of Aboriginal Affairs would be, mm. you know. And that's why we all came to Brisbane and... Um, you know, we'd uh, have our say by rallying and, and marching, um, you know. So Brisbane is very, very uh, important in our struggle. Yeah. Important city, yes. And still is today, yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, Anki's still very, very active after all these years. You're going to be performing at uh, BMAC, which is the Brisbane Multicultural Arts Centre, on Saturday, the 25th of February, and you're also going to be um, getting on the road and, and heading to places like Cairns, Townsville, uh, Palm. Uh, yeah, that'll be yes. deadly. Uh, I want to I take the show. We're going to tour it 
and take it up to Cairns um, and show people on Palm Island. Um, and I hope, you know, um, anybody else who's talented and musical-minded can see uh, that... Um, that's an, you know, we all got our own story, hey, mm. you know? Yeah. And just to see how... Uh, if I portray the story and can visualise it on a screen and, um, you know, and the, and let them hear the lyrics of your song um, and see the footage of your people, you know, of, of um, uh, what they did or, um, you know, where they were from and... That sort of really supports your song and your writing and your your creation, uh, creativity in mm. your composition. You know, um, that uh, it helps the writer and and the people that they're singing about. Mm. Yeah. Well, Uncle Joe Guy, thank you so much for um, blazing a trail, I suppose, for the you know the, the the mob that are here now and and you know forging that path ahead and. Thank you for joining us today on Let's Talk. Thank you, Dan, and thank you, listeners. And I hope um, to see you at um, BMAC on the 25th. We'll put all those details in the uh, description on the uh, Catch Up Radio link. And that's our show for another week. Thank you very much for your company. Remember, you can catch up on past episodes at that website, aaa.org.au. No more whispering in our mind. Let's Talk. Monday to Friday at 9am on AAA Murray Country, the National Indigenous Radio Service and iHeartRadio. You can catch up on AAA.org.au, proudly supported by the Community Broadcast Foundation.
flagship First Nations program, a place where we lead conversations from across the nation on the big topics of all things arts, social justice, business, black politics and black excellence. So sit back and open your binungs and join in the conversation. 